When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Swing and a drive, right field and deep. Back goes Aquino, it's got a chance, gone! Get out the tape measure, long gone! Fly the W! Cubs fans, it's time to fly the W with Dustin Rhodes and Paul Crawley-Jean. You are listening to the Fly the W670 podcast. It's episode 16 of season three. First Cub game of the spring. Don't forget to listen, download, review, and most importantly, subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on the socials, Fly the W670 on Twitter, Instagram, Fly the W on Facebook, or email us at Fly the W670 at gmail.com. Crawley, happy uh, midweek. How are you holding up? Oh, man, Dustin, all I keep thinking about is we are 24 hours away. If you are listening to this podcast on Thursday from the first Cubs spring training game from now until November 1st, I, I don't have to go one day without a baseball game. I am I'm in heaven. <laughs> Crowley's heaven. Crowley's good space. All right. Well, we talked about the infielders last time this week, uh, this podcast. Let's focus on the outfielders. Yeah, you know, since we talked last time, the Cubs made a couple of minor deals. They signed 36-year-old veteran outfielder David Peralta to a minor league deal with an invite to the big league camp. Peralta spent most of his career with the Diamondbacks. He's a left-handed hitting corner outfielder who could also DH. He played for the Dodgers last season and slashed 259, 294, 381 with seven home runs and 55 RBIs in 133 games. Dustin, I don't think he's going to break camp with the team, but uh, he does offer a little depth with a left-handed bat in the outfield. So, I mean, he's not going to play center field. That, that, that ship is long sailed. He's a corner outfielder and maybe a DH. That's it. They also picked up another left-handed bat, this time for the infield. In uh, First baseman Dom Smith, Dominic Smith. The Cubs have been interested in Smiths for a while, and now they finally have him. He started out with the Mets, and like Christopher Morrell, he was a guy with a good bat but no position defensively. He played both corner outfield spots, first base, DH. He broke out offensively in 2019 and 2020, but then he struggled offensively in 21-22. Last season, he played first base, just first base, no outfield for the Nationals, and he slashed 254, 326, 366 with 12 home runs and 46 RBIs and 527 at-bats. Not a lot of power there, Dustin, for a first baseman. No, you're looking for quite a bit more, but what does that say? Crowley to you as far as Matt Mervis goes I mean that, that screams like we've lost faith in Matt Mervis you know it, it's one of those low risk high reward things that they're going to come and try I mean he can't he's not you're not going to really see him in spring training he's coming off hamate bone injury so he's not going to be full go until the end of spring training I'm sure he's going to stay in extended spring for a little bit before heading to Iowa but again, it's just competition, a left-handed first baseman bat to go along with. Well, Bush what we're seeing is what are we, what are we also seeing here, Carl? You know, two guys, left-handed bats, right? And, and who's the big left-handed bat that's not in camp, right? He's not in anybody's camp right now. So this is a, this is an insurance policy for Bellinger. hundred percent, hundred percent. So you can add him to the list of infielders that we talked about, but like you said, we're going to talk about the outfielders and we know what the corner outfield looks like. It's the question of center field. And Dustin, you know, I, I think we all kind of have a feeling where it's going to go, but this to me is going to be the most interesting competition for all our listeners that are going to be watching the spring training games or listening on 670 The Score. There are now, with the uh, addition of Peralta, nine outfielders for four spots. And we already know three guys that are making the team. So Ian Happ, right. Seiya Suzuki, Mike Talkman are making the team. Those are the for sure the guys that are for going sure, to make right. it. No doubt, no doubt about it, right? Mm -hmm. Now comes the interesting part, center field. Again, the big name that we're talking about, Cody Bellinger, not on the team. You're taking a look here, and you got Pete Crow Armstrong and Alexander Canario. These are both top 30 prospects. 
Uh, both of them had cups of coffee at the end of the 2023 season. Uh, Canario really didn't have a chance to show what he has. And don't forget that minor leaguers Brennan Davis, Owen Casey, and Kevin Alcantara are in the big league camp. So Dustin, Ian Happ begins his eighth season with the Cubs in left field. Last year, he slashed 248, 360, 431 with 21 home runs and 84 RBIs. And in right field is Seiya Suzuki in his third season with the Cubs. Last year, he slashed 285, 357, 485 with 20 home runs and 74 RBIs. But Dustin, again, without Bellinger and trying to make up that offense, the offense is really going to have to revolve around these two corner outfielders if the Cubs plan on going anywhere. Right. Both of them will need to hit at least 25 home runs. No doubt about that. Both of their slugs are going to need to increase as well. Um, and without Bellinger in the lineup, that creates, as you just said, even more pressure on these two guys. And, and say I had a nice finish to the season, but he needed that uh, mental break, that mental time off. Maybe it was physical as well to get himself in position to have that nice uh, finishing kick. Right. And, and and here's the thing is that defensively to me, even though Ian Happ won a gold glove last year, you and I both felt that he took a step back in 2023. And I don't want to remind anyone about Seiya Suzuki dropping that ball in Atlanta in the last week of September. But I thought that, you know, you looked at Happ and he got on base more in 2023, but his batting average, Dustin, dropped from 271 in 2022 to 248 in 2023. Um his slugging went down slightly, but he did hit four, four more home runs in 2023, 21 than in 2022. I'd like to see even Ian to get that average up. And like you said, 25 home runs is what you're looking for. Bare and minimum, that, bare minimum, 25 from each of them. Right. And with Seiya, you know, you kind of brought it up, that big offensive question mark in his first season in 2022, he signed really late. He didn't get a full spring training. Then in 2023, he hurts his oblique and misses the world baseball classic. He, another year without a full spring training. So we're hoping for 2024, he has a nice healthy camp. And last season was just a roller coaster. He comes back from that injury, has a great month of May, struggles in June and July, which led to him being benched, like you said. And then he's the Cubs' best offensive player in August and September, slashing 370, 434, 685, with seven home runs and 26 RBIs in the month of September alone. The, I think out of all of the players on the Cubs team, to me, Seiya Suzuki is the guy most poised to break out, to have a better season than we've seen him have as a Chicago Cub. Yeah, I mean, it, it, he really needs to, right? I, I mean, I hope you're right, but I think he he really needs to. I think he knows it. I think everybody knows it. I, I think that's what's on the table right now. Right. I think we know, again, what Ian Happ is. I think we know what Dansby and, uh, you know, Nico Horner are. I think Say is the one that's still the question mark, and I don't know if we've seen the best of him yet. I'm excited to see what happens now that, you know, Shodi Imanaga's in camp. I think this is going to be a big year. But, Dustin, when we talk about center field, you know, you have two front runners. Obviously, Pete Crow Armstrong is the Cubs' number one rated prospect, and Mike Talkman, who is going to play a lot of backup. He's not an everyday center fielder. We saw that get exposed last year. Um, but the question is, is PCA ready? Now, Dustin, he's not going to be the biggest offensive threat, and you don't need him to be. He has he's the top-rated defender. He is what we he was rated by the minor league scouts with an 80 glove, which is the highest on their scale. So all he has to do, Dustin, offensively, is just be an average center fielder. You don't need him to be uh, the guy leading with the home runs and this and that. You just need him to be average or slightly below average, and his defense alone will help the Cubs win more games than what they got out of center field last year, in my opinion. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. He's got a, You're not just going to roll out of bed and start hitting major league pitching. So no. we need to give it a little bit of time. Um, I would just like to have Bellinger play in first base, and I feel a whole lot more comfortable about having PCA out in center field uh, every day, except when Talkman uh, is out there for a little bit of a breather. Yeah, and, and and that's Talkman, like you said, a little bit of a breather, perfect fourth outfielder. They're both left-handed, so you could assume that Talkman might face some of the tougher righties, I would say, being a more experienced veteran. But yeah, make, That would make sense. Yep. Mm -hmm. But like I told our listeners, really watch, because this, to me, is the first time you're really seeing in camp the fruit of all those minor league moves in with all these outfielders. Kevin Alcantara is one of the Cubs' top prospects, but he needs a little more seasoning in the minors. I'm, I'm pretty sure he's going to start in Tennessee would be my guess. 
but you really got to pay attention to Owen Casey and Brennan Davis in this camp. Now, remember, Brennan was the Cubs' number one rated prospect. In 2019 and 2021, he was the Cubs' minor league player of the year. He was the MVP of the Futures game in 2021. Unfortunately, injuries have knocked him off track for the big leagues. But don't forget, that's almost exactly the same situation Miguel Amaya went through. One of the top prospects, MVP of the future game as well, had injuries for a couple of years before he came up and contributed to the big league club. So I don't think Brennan Davis is done, and I think he's out to prove something. Um, the other guy you want to look at is Owen Casey. He came over in the U Darvish trade, had a great performance in the World Baseball Classic last season, a key contributor to the 2023 Tennessee Smokies championship season. Dustin, I think he starts in Iowa. I just don't know how long for Owen Casey. He's still on the younger side as well, but they're also giving him reps at first base. Another I left saw that today. first baseman. Yep. I saw that today on the Twitter machine or the X machine, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, you know, our guy Rich Biesterfeld, a bunch of guys are out there taking video and pictures. And, and so that's the thing is we talked about this before. The Cubs, when it comes to first baseman, are, do not have a lot of depth. And an outfielder, they do. So if Owen Casey can play first base, that would be huge for the Cubs. And so for me, Dustin, when I'm watching these spring training games, either on TV or in person, the matchup that I am most interested in right now or the competition is between BPCA, Canario, Davis, Owen Casey. And I want to see how Kevin Alcantara holds his own maybe in some spring training games against some top-tier talent. Well, he may be a DH candidate too, right? Any one of these guys, I mean, Alexander Canario has a lot of pop. Um, I would say out of all of them, Canario and Owen Casey have the most pop if you're talking about guys that are going to leave the yard. Uh, PCA, obviously the fastest well, no, of the PCA group. is not a DH. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and Kevin Alcantara is really fast too, um, but he's very long-limbed. Like I said, he has a lot to learn. But you could, I would, I would like to see some of these guys get some DH opportunities, and that's the beauty of first uh, of spring training. You know, it's not wins and losses; it's it's being able to sit there and see who impresses you the most, and if someone can really kind of turn your head. You are listening to episode sixteen of season three, the first Cubs game of the spring is all right upon us. Don't forget to listen, download, and subscribe to the Fly the W podcast. Don't forget to leave us one of those five star reviews. In this segment, Crawley interviews Stu McVicker and Jason Peters from Club 400 are back, and the Club 400 tent will be rocking in Mesa. What do the boys have in store for all the Cup fans this spring? Joining me now on the Fly the W podcast, you know this is my favorite time of the year when I see these two handsome guys, Stuart McVicker and Jason Peters. JP, live from Arizona. How you doing, boys? That's right. Doing good. Hey, this is JP's month and a half, all right? He's, he's running the show. <laughs> JP, now now when Stuart says JP's running the show, JP, for many years I got to kind of stay in your place and watch the master at work. People just think this Club 400 tent runs itself, but there is an art form to it, right? Like you are up prepping the night before, and then right. in the morning what will end up happening is you load up the car with the tent and everything. Tell everybody about what, the, what your morning routine looks like when you're out in well, Mason. Well, I make sure I have uh, a box of cereal for you. So you sit in the kitchen and eat cereal, and I load up the car with all the goods. That's how it works, Crowley. <laughs> and and so you literally pack up the car, and I just wait yeah. for you to be telling me to get in the car. Yeah. And this yeah. is the Club 410. So for any of our listeners, and if you're on the Scores YouTube channel, the Club 410 is right on that walkway. And JP, that walkway is in between the Performance Center and Sloan Park, correct? That's correct. So, um, you know, you have the, the quad fields, um, you know, all the practice fields, and then you have the two that you can actually um, see from the stadium out front fields, uh, one and two. Um, and uh, yeah, the, the performance center where basically the, the players work out and, and um, their locker rooms over there and everything, um, they get ready for the game over there and they walk down that pathway that you can kind of see behind the tent there. Um, and they walk right by us as, uh, as they head into the stadium. So it's a prime spot for sure. And Stu, the thing that I love about it is you offer people all sorts of things. And one of the things that always is at the Club 400 tent is beer. And it's going to be no different this year, except you have a new sponsor for Club 400. Tell our listeners, if they are in Mesa, Arizona, and they come to the Club 400 tent, what kind of beer will they be drinking? Well, man, we had a great relationship uh, with uh, Chris Lake Brewery and with our own beer. 
uh, Club 400 Lager. Uh, but we moved on to the real deal. Uh, we are proud sponsors. Uh, uh, Old Style is now a proud sponsor of Club 400. And honestly, Carly, I, I can't tell you how excited I am that Old Style has jumped in the mix. As you know, Old Style has been a big partner for the Cubs for a very long time. And, you know, back in the early 80s, Old Style was the number one beer at Wrigley Field. And uh, just to be a link with them and to have a, a, a great relationship uh, with them. And it was just getting started. Uh, but, you know, they love the Cubs just like we do. And they, you know, they're not affiliated strongly with the Cubs. So this is a way of getting back in the mix for them and uh, being a part of the fans, man. Because, like, you know, the whole thing about the tent in Mesa, Arizona, is I want, if you're coming down with a group of two or three people, you know, it's always fun to hang out in a group. And that's why JP is the host with the most in Arizona. He's the host. And he will make sure you come to the Club 400 tent, you get a couple beers, you get a couple pizza slices. And as you know, we're bringing down a whole bunch of Salsa King of Chicago Salsa, all the flavors, including the Mexicali dip with chips. And uh, I think, Carl, you might have a few pictures of these. Uh, we're going to give away some free swag, Club 400 Old Style Hats, which is pretty awesome. That's on the back. What you saw was the front earlier. And then um, these unbelievable, beautiful Under Armour Old Style Club 400 uh, pullovers are very lightweight. They're thought about for something to wear perfectly in April and May at Wrigley Field. We did 50% of those with Old Style on the front and 50 of those with Club 400 on the front. And uh, we're going to give those out during the spring training also. So not only do you get to hang out with a bunch of fun people, but you also get that delicious old style beer. You you get the uh, nice place to kind of chill out and relax, which I like. Like you got this is a picture of me and Stu from a few years back. Of course, we're next to the cooler, and of course, we're just kind of chilling there. And then the best part about it is JP's legendary pizza. Now, JP, your recipe is world famous in Arizona. So if you are out in Mesa, you see the Club Four Hundred Tent. You got you'll see JP, and this is what I this is. This is what JP hey. is looking like all the time. You can see him there just absolutely cutting that, getting that pizza ready. And this is what it looks like when it's done. And my mouth is watering already. And I want to be out in Mesa in the sun with my shirt off, eating some of that pizza. That looks absolutely just phenomenal. And, you know, JP, you can't be there all the time. And so when you're not there, uh, who kind of is watching the tent for you? I know that uh, Rich and Tommy Skinner, are two guys that kind of run these things and, and are always there. And, and that's the cool thing, uh, JP, is that there you make so many friends out there and, and all of a sudden one day you just start hanging out with people. And I think that's the thing about Club 400 is you can show up and the next thing you know, you got 30, 40 new friends. Well, that, that is the best part is, is meeting all the people. Um, it's funny because I get text messages or, or Facebook messenger messages saying, Hey, we're coming out next weekend. Are you going to be at the tent? Are you guys setting up shop? Uh, you know, can we stop by? And I'm like, I have no clue who this person is because, you know, it's probably somebody's um, somebody gave him my number. You know, it's, it's probably somebody that's been at some of the club 400 events. Um, you know, one of, one of your buddies Crawley or something that, you know, I've met, might've met once, but when I'm at the tent, you know, all spring long and I've got 10 new people coming up every day. And then you've got, you know, up to maybe 50 people, 75 people at the 10 at a time. Um, and, and, you know, meeting all these people, yeah, I, I can't remember everybody, but, you know, I give them my number or, or we exchange, um, or, you know, on Facebook, we, we exchange messages or whatever. So yeah, um, it, it, it's crazy, but it, man, it's, it's so much fun. And not only that, there are Arizona legends that are out there and some of them come from Chicago, like the legendary Carol Haddon will be there with her Jaeger shot or her fireball shot. Sorry about that. And then obviously, if you're going to buy your 50-50 raffle tickets, Stephanie is in neon. You will not miss her. So you want those are the good luck 50-50 tickets. And then you got a lot of your social media celebrities. You got like one million Cubs. There's Bo and me and JP and Rich on the berm. So just an absolute fun time. And then, Stu, I know that you, you know, have had so many relationships with players coming to your house. They also come to the tent, like Ryan Dempster, Patrick Wisdom, Fergie. I mean, like, it, it, it's such a relationship that people kind of come out to the tent, players, and sometimes you have them come and, and it's scheduled, and other times they just show up and sit down. Yeah, you know, the great thing about Club 400 is, like, for instance, like, uh, one of our favorites uh, are coming back, uh, CJ Edwards, you know. And, like, you know, we have these guys at Club 400. And once they come to Club 400 and they experience what we're all about, then they're part of the family. So, 
it's not really too hard to give them a call and say, hey, is there any way you can meet us out, sign autographs for 20 minutes, take some pictures real quick. And usually, like, to be honest with you, I haven't started that, that yet, but I will be starting that around next week. We're leaving two weeks from Monday. And I'll try to get a few guys that have been out to Club 400 or maybe like a Coomer to come out, maybe do a quick Q&A. And you just have some fun out at the tent, interact, mix, you know, mix with these guys. Uh, it's a laid-back experience. If you've never been down to Mesa, Arizona, I highly advise you to do it. If not this year, sometime soon, because it's just like Crowley will, will admit. Crowley, when he went down to Mesa, Arizona for the first time, I think he really realized this is a part of the Cubs experience, just a whole different experience altogether, you know. And now they can't get rid of me in Arizona. And, and see, JP, here's the thing is that like usually like Stuart and I are not at Mesa at the same time because that's almost like a hurricane. So I don't know if like the authority notified yet that we're going to be crossing paths. This was this was the last time Stu and I worked together. This was um, we're on the berm and we are getting interviewed by Taylor McGregor. And I don't know how we kept it together. But some- <laughs> Dude, we were like eight years in and she just sat down with us and then. I mean, my recollection is, is I thought she was talking to you, and then she's interviewing us both. And like, hey. like we started drinking at 9 a.m. This was at like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> well, the, the funny thing, too, Crawley, is I talked to her, I think, um, uh, the next day or the next home game, right, at Sloan, and you guys weren't there anymore. And and uh, I talked to her about that interview, and, man, it, it was funny getting her take. And I was, It, it, it could have really went south quick, and it almost did, but somehow you guys managed to, like, keep it all together. And I think Taylor did a great job, too. Well, here's what happens, right? We're sitting there and I talked to Taylor and she said, Carl, you know, sometimes she'll ask, you know, Hey, what's going on? What's happening? I'm like, well, me and Stu are here and Stu's usually Stu's leaving tomorrow. Uh, he runs club 400. We're going to be out in the berm. If you, you know, if you need something to kind of talk about, cause they're looking for, you know, things to talk about during the broadcast and stuff. And so like, like Stu was saying, this was probably about like 9am and I've already cracked over. It was probably like my second beer. And I'm like, yeah, Taylor, come on out, blah, blah, blah. So this is probably about like the fifth or sixth inning. It's about like five beers, you know, eight beers, five hours later, my shirt's off, my shoes, my sandals are kicked down the berm somewhere. And all of a sudden they come down with this camera crew and, and, and Taylor's like, Carly, can you put your shirt on? We're ready to get through. And I totally forgot about it. But like you said, Taylor's a pro. She's been down it before and we have a blast. And, and JP, like you mentioned earlier, I think sometimes when you're talking about, you know, you know, for people that haven't been there before, they have, like you said, the two main fields where you can watch all your favorite players. And there's been a lot of people shooting video out this week of um, Shoda and uh, say it. Uh, Shoto was pitching and Saya was yeah. hitting and all sorts of drills they're running. But the coolest thing for people that don't know is to go to the backfields and you can go to Sloan's website or on the facility, they have a QR code. And it'll tell you the practice schedule. So it'll say, okay, field four is going to be uh, pitching fielder drills. Field five is going to be bunting drills. Whatever it is, and, and you can kind of make your way to the back, and you're not going to see any of the big players like, you know, Nico or or those ty- or Dansby or those kind of guys. But what you are going to see is a lot of the really good young prospects that are up for coming. And they're even more accessible than, say, when they're walking along the pathway. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to add to that, too, for people that don't know who haven't been down here, um, all this stuff is free. <laughs> so, you know, you, you the access that you have to the players is incredible. And, um, you know, if, if you're a big Cubs fan, a big baseball fan like, like we are, you know, you can sit on those bleachers and, and just watch through a chain link fence like like you're watching your kid at Little League and you're watching these guys that you love watching on TV every day. You're watching them practice. You're watching them hone their craft. And and yeah, I mean, you drive up, you park in the parking lot and you for free, you walk over and you watch them practice. You have your coffee and and you enjoy it, you know, and, and you can do that starting when, you know, in early February when the players start reporting and uh, and all the way through spring training, like you said, when um, the younger guys are on the backfield still working out. And this is a picture right here of, of some of the legendary photographers. You see John Antonov and, and, and Rich Biesterfeld. And I love those are some of the nicest guys. You can talk to them. And the thing about them is they are there every day and they know all these players. They take their yeah. pictures. They send them their pictures. So I got to tell you, JP, I'm getting older. My eyes aren't what they used to be. And so I would just you know elbow Rich and just be like, Rich, who we got over there? And, and he'll just tell you, boom, who he is, when he was drafted and stuff. So I think that that for me, when I go down to Arizona, you know, it's just the friends and, and just amazing people that you can kind of talk to and meet at the fe- at, at, at the Club 400 tent. 
and and you can just get a lot of knowledge. You're almost like absorbing it. So by the time opening day rolls around, you're like an expert. Yeah, you you took the words out of my mouth there. I was going to mention that you showed that picture of those guys. Can you bring that back up again or no? Yeah. Um, but the cool thing is, like you said, these guys are going to be at the tent or around the tent um, just about every game, too. So if you find the Club 400 tent um, that Carl you showed earlier, these guys are going to be around. And, and Rich on the on the far left there, he is the man, like you said. Um, if you see a player walking down that path and you're not sure who he is because he's a younger guy. Maybe he hasn't made his major league debut yet. Um, he's maybe at double A. Um, Rich is going to tell you who he is, and it's great. So, you you know, you, you have that there. Um, he's a great resource, and he's such a nice guy. And, I mean, all these guys are are, are really helpful, and, and, and they're there for you. So if, if you stop by the tent when you're, when you're down for spring training, um, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll have the resources you need to get around and, and know what's going on. And also in this, the photo, if you're on the YouTube channel, 670, the score, you can see this is practice field six. And like you said, JP, there's the bleachers in the right corner right there. And you can see the guys behind us are yeah. literally practicing. And, and, and like you said, it, it's like a little league game. And I think sometimes people get overwhelmed. They don't realize there is more than just like the parking lot. Like when, when, you know, there, you go to the backfields, it's just a lot of accessibility. The only thing is, is you kind of have to walk around. There's no direct from the parking lot, which is where the tent is, where the club 400 tent is and where Sloan park is to the backfields. There's no direct route. So you got to like kind of walk around. But for me, like that's my, that's my morning, like wake up, like my walk to the fields and I can kind of just sit there and go there. Yeah. And Carl, uh, you know, the quad is the big spot where it's at. If you go a little bit further down, there is, there was a veterinarian over there. That was a dog shelter actually. And there is a, a driveway. There is a parking lot back there. And I park back there many a times. Um, and then it, you, you know you don't have to walk as far because. Um, so I, that's my advice. And I want to bring up one more thing just because he's a great guy. If you're in Mesa, Arizona, and you need to grab something, Cubs. Uh, I mean, we love the Cubs, but the gift shop's kind of crazy. So we do have Jason from Clark Street Sports right across the street. He's got amazing. He's got everything. He's got obvious shirts. He's got his own stuff out there. He's got tons of stuff. So I advise everybody that if you need Cub stuff when you go out to Mesa, Arizona. You can save a lot of money by seeing Jason at Clark Street Sports. Right. And 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 so if you've never been to Arizona and you are a Cub fan, it, it is like a Mecca. And and you, once you it, it is so addicting to go down there and it's like, you know what it's like in the Chicagoland area. It's raining. It's drizzling. We got 60 today. So that wasn't bad, JP. It was wow. 60 today. Wow. But you know, you just, you just miss the sun. You miss blue skies. You miss baseball. And it's like the second I get out of, off the plane, I'm, I just got like a smile ear to ear. And, and that first time you roll up to the parking lot and, and, and you see the tents and everybody just greets you like family. It, it truly is. It, it, it's, it's, and the fun thing about it is when you go to a Cubs game, you're so invested. You're like, God, I hope they win. I don't want to see them lose. And you're, you're kind of in a crappy mood if they lose or whatever. But when in Arizona, you just want to see the players do well, and that's it. The, the, the outcome of the game doesn't matter as much. It really is more just hanging with your friends and stuff. Yeah, I, I was looking at the um, – I, I was looking to the side. I was actually pulling up the weather. for Friday's the first game, by the way. It's Cubs Sox. I will be there. I'll be at the tent. So if you are in Arizona, come see us for sure. But it will be 80 degrees, Crawley, on Friday for game one. So I just wanted to let you know that. 80 <laughs> degrees, Stu. What are we doing here? What are we doing? I, I, I'm, I'm questioning my life decisions. I want to leave right. I want. I'd like to leave. I'd like to leave and get there by Friday. I don't see why not. Let's go. And that's the thing is, is once you go there and you know everybody and you got all the pictures and everything, it's like when you see everybody out there, it, it's like you want to get there right away. Like I know I'm going to be there and like this and that. Like when I'm, I just can't wait to get down there. And then when I go home, it's like the saddest, worst feeling. It's the worst <laughs> plane ride home. And you sit there and you drive, you fly back to O'Hare. And then when you, when that, when that opens up and you got that cold wind come right at you, you're like, what the hell am I doing? Yeah. But, you know, JP, you know, your tent is there and there's a couple other really great tents on there. Maybe kind of tell the listeners about some of the tents and the good thing they're doing. Yeah, there's, um, you know, there's, there's some other charitable things going on. Um, there's uh, Steve's Dream Tent. That's actually um, the first tent closest to the home plate gate. And um, they're always giving out um, a couple of tickets, at least to um, uh, the families that, you know, can't maybe uh, afford to do it themselves. Um, and, you know, they have kids with special needs and things like that. So that's an awesome group. Um, and you've, you've actually also got the um, Sloan Tent. 
um, out there too. And they are, they're always having a, a big party and, and they're always giving away baseballs to kids and um, you know, they've got food and drinks and stuff like that going on. So that's always a great time too. So yeah, I mean, we've got a great time of course, but <clears throat> there's plenty of other things going on out there. So just the vibe, man. I mean, just, just, I mean, there's tents lined up all along that pathway and, and, you know, the music's playing, uh, the beers are flowing, um, you know, the pizzas out there, the hot dogs, it's, it's, it's a great time, man. So for people that are going to Arizona, don't forget to go to the Club 400 tent. Again, you just take the parking lot in. It's right in front of Sloan. You're not going to miss it. It's in between Sloan Park and the Performance Center. And, and, and Stu, I, I just, you know, your generosity because, you know, you're going to be giving away old style beers. You're going to be giving away merch. You're going to be giving away every, you know, you just want people to be a part of the party, man. It's, it's literally not like a VIP list. Like, oh, who are you? How many followers do you have? It literally is come and be like part of the family yeah i just think that i think you know part, uh, being together in a group is funner than going down maybe with uh, you and your buddy and you can join it in a group or maybe you got a, a girlfriend or uh, a wife or something and you come out and hang out with a bunch of people that love the cubbies and you know share the great experience of being at spring, spring training that's what it's all about and uh you know of course we're all about charity but this helps us uh you know promote who we are, what we're all about, and hopefully get us new followers that want to come out and support Club 400, you know, during the summer when we're raising money for whatever charity we're raising at that time. So I just love people. I love bringing people together, and there's no better place to do it Mesa, Arizona. It's like the Cubs convention on steroids with sun. Ah, that, that again, with sun, that, that is key. Stu, JP, thank you so much for jumping on. I really appreciate it. And, and again, you guys really – I went to spring training when in 2021, the first one after COVID, and it was just like a ghost town. And it was weird. They made you sit in circles and stuff, and it just wasn't the real experience. I, I think that anyone that goes to spring training, you guys make that experience that much better. Yeah, uh, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, I wanted to say I was on the Club 400 podcast last week, and uh, now I'm on on, on your podcast Crawley and and you know it's cool being on the club 400 podcast but this one now I feel like I really made it man <laughs> <laughs> yeah well we appreciate it man and you're always welcome back every time we're gonna do some we're gonna do some uh live recordings out from the club 410 so people can see us find us and hopefully have some fun so thank you guys and JP we'll be seeing you real soon what do you gotta say Stu one thing real quick Crawley I appreciate you let me plug this day we just dropped our road trip to Kansas City work with former Cubs player Brian McCray. Please check it out under the events tab on the website at www.club400cubs.com. We are bringing down hopefully 80, 90 Cub fans to Kansas City. We go to two Cubs games, have an unbelievable time. Right now we're trying to generate numbers, so I appreciate you letting me plug it. This is a non-profit event. We're basically just trying to go down there and have a great time. So that's going to be two baseball games in Kansas City at Kauffman Field, and it's going to be two tailgate parties and a trip to the Negro Museum. So if anybody is interested, definitely you can contact me or Club Stu at club400.com or follow Stu on Twitter at club400cubscave. Yeah, that's perfect. Thank you, Crowley. And I'll be promoting that event. I put it on Facebook today. Tomorrow I'll put it on Instagram and X. And then, uh, yeah, we would love to. We have not done a road trip, a Club 400 road trip since before COVID. We tried to get one going. I think this is our, our, I mean, you know, we decided that the, this road trip, just so everybody knows, does not include travel because we thought it was a little bit far. But once you get there, we got you from beginning to end. And like I said, Brian McCray is going to be with us the whole time. Cubs center fielder. Bobby Janier is going to join us. And who knows, we got a lot of tricks up our sleeve also. Right now, we're just trying to get people to sign up and get the trip going. And then we're going to plan some really great things. Well, you guys are always doing great things at Club 400. Thank you guys for jumping on, and we will see you in sunny Mesa, Arizona soon. JP, I, Thanks, can't, I can't wait to see your face, JP. <laughs> Take care, guys. Let's go, guys. This is Season 3, Episode 16 of the Fly the W670 Podcast. First Cubs game of the spring. Don't forget to listen, download, and subscribe to the Fly the W Podcast. We're on all the social media platforms, and don't forget to leave us that five-star review. So, Crowley, Boris versus Ricketts, it's uh, what, part two, part three? The, uh, yeah, the, 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 the war is on. 
There is a war, war of words here, and th this gets interesting because you know that last time we spoke, when we recorded on Thursday, Tom was meeting with the beat writers and answered some questions, and some of the quotes uh, people weren't exactly happy with, and you can count uh, Scott Boris in that camp of not being happy. Remember Tom said about Cody Bellinger, quote, we're just waiting, waiting for whatever he and his agent are going to engage, and it could be any time or it could be a few weeks. We'll just see where it goes. You remember he said there have been some discussions but they haven't become a negotiation yet. And right. one thing we talked about was that Tom Ricketts says he doesn't talk to Scott Boris. And this is a quote. One of his signature moves is to go talk to the owner. But I think when you do that, you undermine the credibility of your general manager. And so inserting yourself into that negotiation, I don't think that helps. I thought that that was reasonable, at least. I think what, what Tom was saying in that regard. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. No, you know, it's a, it's a, I, I totally understand where he's coming from on this. Right. You don't want to sit there and, and, and just have, you know, guys going over your head. But Boris responded and said, free agency is about recruiting players. It's the normal owner's signature move to be involved in the efforts of recruiting players and reaching out to me so I can convey to the player the ownership of the team covets them. That is the essence of free agency, and it is a custom and practice for ownership to express commitment and involvement. When Cody was a free agent last year, the Cubs engaged and were very aggressive in their pursuit, and their process is no different this year. So I'm not clear as to what Tom is suggesting. Dun-dun-dun. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, so... You know, Big Daddy Steve Cohn out in New York flies out and meets with the agent, you know, some of the players to show his deep commitment. And I, I can't tell you, you know, I don't know 100% what negotiations Tom has or hasn't gotten involved in. And, you know, when he talks about the pursuit the Cubs had last year, they saw a chance to t roll the dice. You know, it was going to be high risk, high reward, you know, if it worked out you know, low risk, high, re high reward in which it was a low pillow contract. It was like one year, like, what was it? 17, $18 million. It wasn't going to hamstring the Cubs for years to come. And, and they took a shot and it, and it paid off, but, but clearly Boris is going to take that successful year that Cody had, and he's trying to maximize the amount he can get for his player. So the Cubs are not going to be coming aggressive because they're not going to want to pay what Boris is asking, which is six years north of two hundred million dollars. And I and and as much as I want Cody back, and I it's not my money. I I can't blame them for that. I, I can't blame them for not wanting to pay that. I, I I think it's 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 ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous, especially based on where the market is right now. Well, you know, our good friend of the pod and uh, Odyssey insider Bob Nightingale. He spoke with former White Sox catcher AJ Pierzynski on their podcast, Foul Territory, AJ's podcast, and, uh, you know, talked very much about the market. And Bob had some interesting things to say. Let's give it a listen. I think these teams are playing it smart. A few of them say, you know what, we're not going to, uh, you know, all this hype and stuff about all these teams interested. We don't think anybody else is. And I think the Cubs have played this smart with Bellinger. I haven't heard another team that say, you know what, we really want this guy. Except for the Cubs. I was at the Cubs uh, camp a couple of days. The players keep talking about Bellinger, the fans. Really, I'm not sure there's another place for him to go. It kind of reminds me years ago, remember the Boston Red Sox offered J.D. Martinez five years at 110. And uh, Scott Morris had said, we're not doing that. He wants 170, 160, whatever it was. Dave Dombrowski never budged. Sure enough, he signed for five years at, at 110. I did the same thing here with Bellinger. The Cubs are making this offer. And saying, you know, we're not going to bid against ourselves. Either take it or leave it. Take right. it or leave it. <laughs> you know, and 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 what makes you a little nervous or makes you kind of scratch your head is no, there's no market for them. Other teams are interested. What does that tell you about the situation? Right. So let let's talk. Let's talk about this for a second, Dustin. Because when there was the Shohei Otani, people were falling all over themselves to get this guy. When it was Yamamoto. Everybody, Steve Cohen flew a jet to Japan to court this guy. But teams are not falling all over Cody Bellinger. They're not banging down the door to get him. And 
the Cubs are just kind of standing firm and you have to wonder how much longer Cody wants to hold out. And I know Boris has his camps and it, it's not the same as being with the team. It's not the same as getting spring training at bats in a real game situation, not a real game, but, but a scrimmage game situation. I, I, I don't know how this is going to play out. I think this is going to work and want to, you know, either Jed is going to look like the smartest guy in the room or the Cubs are going to look like a bunch of cheapskates. I think it's going to be one of the two. Yeah, it is. It is a one. It is, I think this is a black or white issue. I agree. I think it's it's either or for sure. I think you're right. But I think, Dustin, when I look at this, I'm, I am of the mind that I, I am not tripping over getting Cody Bellinger for a six year, two hundred million dollar contract. You know, I'm I'm probably one of the guys that's a little bit more nervous. Like I said, if he's going to play first base, I'm okay with it. But when I look at the situation, think about all the great free agent prospects the Cubs have not gotten, you know, 20, 2018, 2019, 2020. I mean, when you think about Bryce Harper, when you think about Manny Machado, when you think about Otani or Yamamoto or all these guys, when's the last time the Cubs were really in on like one of the biggest free agents? And I guess... That's the thing that has me nervous. I love prospects. Well, and, loves- and, but let's answer that question. Okay. The last time they were involved in one of those big free agents, at least, you know, without really sitting down and thinking about it, you know, just on the fly, I'm going to say Jason Hayward. Everybody right. wanted Jason Hayward. Everybody wanted them, including, including some of the Cubs biggest rivals wanted him. Right. Yeah. And the Cubs did it and they've been burned by it. Now, ultimately he was a, a big part of the World Series team, right? But other than that, they were burned by that contract. And I wonder if that is something that sits in the back of Jed and Tom's mind. It's possible. Absolutely. 100% possible. But here's the thing. Everyone that has those positions knows that you're going to miss on a couple of them. It's going to happen. But here's the thing. If you are a small market or a mid-market team, it's hard, it should be harder to recover from that, right? But if you're yep. a major market team, that may happen, and that's okay. You can't have that happen multiple times, but you definitely sometimes you have to take a swing. And now, when you look at Jason Hayward, he was a very coveted player. But to me, like when you talk about a guy like Juan Soto, or when you talk about a guy like you know Shohei Ohtani or, or Bryce Harper, I think there's much more pedigree in some of those guys that you feel more comfortable offering a big contract. I think. Uh, uh, the Phillies owner, when they when they made it to the World Series, told Harper, "I should have paid you more." Right. I mean, when when you're right. looking at some of those guys, you you got to sometimes, you know, if you want to be playing with the big boys, and there's no salary cap in this league, yeah, there's some penalties for this that, but you, you got you got to sometimes take that chance if you really think there's a player that is going to be, you know, the one you want to build around. Who are the Cubs building around right now? Would you say who's the who's the key guy you're building around? Nico Horner. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I'm saying I, Dansby Swanson's older. Right. So and, and he's never I mean, been, answer Dansby's your question like, again on the fly. Nico Horner. Right. And that, so that's telling you something that's not Nico is a great piece to have on a team. He can be a really good piece on a really good team, but he can't be your centerpiece. No, no, nope. he's not. Yeah. No, nope. well. Speaking of money, Dustin, uh, maybe the Cubs are going to be trying to look for a little bit more money here. First, Dustin, we had the ugly uniforms, and the players have already complained to the union, which is already looking into the issues, those ugly Nike Vapor Premier authentic jerseys. Dustin, everything is printed instead of embroidered. The colors are off. The lettering is smaller. I don't know if you saw this on social media. Yeah, I saw you- it. I, I agree with you. I mean, I'm not a big... I'm not a big Jersey guy, but I understand. I understand the complaints. But now if you saw it, the pants are yeah. see-through. They're see-through. see-through. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I saw that today as well. Mm-hmm. So if you're wearing, maybe, I don't know, it's, it might be a good, uh, you know, opportunity for someone to maybe make a little bit extra cash, you know, with some boxer briefs or something, you know, it'll, you'll be able to read the name of what they're wearing. So yeah, yeah. A new, a, here- new, a new place <laughs> to get a sponsor, right? Right. But here's the thing that has me even more worried about the Cubs uniform. The website Uniwatch, and they're on Twitter as well, UNI-Watch, pointed out that the Cubs did release the pictures from Photo Day. No big deal, right? And you look at it, people on Twitter started noticing something. This, if you're on the 670 The Score YouTube channel, this is a picture of the uh, Christopher Morell and Ian Happ. And on it, 
the walking bear logo is in different places. On Morrell, it's on his right shoulder. On Hap, it's on his left shoulder. And on these jerseys, they're further down. And you're going to ask yourself, Crawley, are you getting crazy into conspiracy theories? But here is the thing. Traditionally, the walking bear logo is always on the left sleeve. I'm showing you right here of the jersey. But now it's on the left sleeve for some and the right on the others. Why does it matter? That's what teams do, Dustin, when they add a sleeve advertisement. MLB sleeve ads are positioned on the team's, the player's front-facing sleeve. So if you are a righty, you want the bear on your on the right shoulder so that your logo in front is facing that. And opposite if you're a lefty. So sure. that's what, why they do that is to maximize TV exposure. So my guess is that these ads are coming soon. It wouldn't surprise me if by the end of spring training, we hear of a sponsor. Well, it, it, it's the way of the world. I, I'm sure I'm sure I told this story um, on this podcast. I know I've told it on the Mully and Haw show, but I was out of sorts when they put the Weber Grill logo on the left field door. Okay, I was out of sorts when they put up the Toyota sign in left field. Uh, I couldn't believe they added two Jumbotrons. And I love the Jumbotrons now. I, I, I love being at a game, but I also love being able to see what just happened on a screen like that. So it's just, it, it's part of the, it is the world we live in. Uh, you know, again, you can buy a jersey that does, it's, it, it's not here. These aren't things that are going to at least get this Cub fan to stop watching the game because they no. put, you know, some eyeglass hut place on the left-hand sleeve of the uniform. Uh, if you if you're watching the YouTube, you just saw me cringe. Um, when you talk about the Toyota sign and the scoreboards and a lot of the things that they did, I think the key is to incorporate the Cubs design so that Toyota was the same red as the marquee, and I thought it blended in really well. It didn't stick out. Now, if you remember years ago, the Cubs used to have a giant macaroni noodle in front of the stadium, and it yep. stuck out like a sore thumb. So if you can do it in a way, in the way that they incorporated the scoreboards and a lot of the promises they made where it wasn't going to be loud and obnoxious have, have come to fruition, and I think we all do enjoy the scoreboard. I didn't like and still don't like the logos on the door, but not a big deal. But here's what I'm going to do. There, Dustin, there are a total of 30 teams in baseball. 18 teams have the sleeve ads. 12, including the Cubs, do not. And so the Royals just became the 18th team to add it. And here's what it looks like. It is for quick time convenience store. Yeah. And it's it looks a little, it looks a little NASCAR to me. It is absolutely as ugly as it can be. The Royals have the, you know, the blue, white, and gray. And this is a red and it says QT and it, it does look NASCAR Dustin. I'm sorry. I'm I know I sometimes can be a traditionalist in some of these matters and that I get a little, you know, probably more irritated than not. But I will tell you this, is it going to make me stop watching Cubs games? No. But will it make me have second thoughts about buying a jersey? If those patches are on the jersey, I'm not buying them. And I'm not buying the Nike Premier jerseys either. I mean, those are awful. I'll go and I'll just start getting retro jerseys at that point. I'm I'm kind of not interested in this. And, and, and it, it really, to me, it was an eyesore. I forget. I think the Padres had like a big Motorola patch and it didn't look anything. It didn't incorporate into their uniform. Well, now I will say if you put the obvious shirt logo here, or if you put an old style logo there, okay. I think the color scheme would look good. I think it would kind of match up, but please just don't make it look like I said, when I was watching the Padres who just naturally have ugly uniforms that make me want to throw up, but when I normally watch, like, like it was so glaring to me, and maybe other people it doesn't bother, but to me, I, I, it still bothers me. Yeah, I get it. I, I totally, I understand where you're coming from. I have so many things that bother me, but this is not necessarily one of them. Now, Dustin, I want to get on a happier note here. For the first time since October 1st, we can say Chicago Cubs baseball is on the air. 670, the score, the home of your Chicago Cubs will broadcast 10 spring training games this season. Um, on Friday, February 23rd, they're going to be starting with the Cubs versus the White Sox. Our good friend of uh, the pod, Alex Cohen, AAA broadcaster for the iCubs, is going to be teamed up with Coom Dog, and they always make a great team, so you're really going to want to tune into that. 
Friday, March 1st, Cubs versus Sox. Sunday, March 3rd, Cubs versus Guardians. Sunday, March 10th, Cubs Rangers. Saturday, March 16th. Sunday, March 17th. And, and that's when I'm going to be in Mesa. Tuesday, March 19th, Saturday, the 23rd, Sunday, the 24th, and Monday, March 25th. You can go take a look on the Cubs website or on 670thescore.com and you can find it. But how exciting is it going to be? And not only that, Dustin, it was announced today, Craig Council, who the first starter out of the gate is going to be. It is going to be Jordan Wicks. Like it. Like it a lot. Yeah, let the young kid kind of start it out. And and so, you know, this is going to be, like I said, there, you know, last couple, last three episodes, we've kind of talked about pitchers and catchers. We've talked about the infielders, the outfielders. There is going to be, I think this is going to be a really important camp because of what's, you know, the battles that are going to be going on at first and third. And for some of those outfield spots, who's going to take the fifth starter spot, what the bullpen is going to look like. So I think it's really going to be fun. And, you know, I think that, you know, I just love hearing baseball on the radio. I'm kind of old timey like that again, but you know, I just think that the score just does a fantastic job. I just love listening to the, to the uh, broadcast and Alex is going to be broadcasting Coomer, you know, the hall of famer Pat Hughes is going to be on there. So I think cup fans have a lot to be excited for one guy, not excited though. Brewers owner, Mark Atanasio. <laughs> not, not really happy with the Cubs. He, here's what Atanasio had to say. You know, I hate to say this, but there was a team that was widely picked to win last year that finished 21 games behind us, and we finished nine games of uh, uh, be ahead of the Cubs. So he says, I appreciate the friendly competition. We're just going to focus on what we need to do game by game. So the, the, I, I'm excited about this season, and that rivalry between the Cubs versus the Brewers is just one more notch up. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, He keeps putting gas on the fire. There is no doubt about that. Uh, and uh, I'm glad that uh, Craig Council decided to join the uh, right side of the rivalry. That's a wrap, Crowley. Don't forget to listen, download, review, and subscribe to the Fly the W podcast. Follow us on all the socials. That's Facebook. It's Instagram. It's Twitter. You can email Crowley and I, fly the, fly the W670 at gmail.com. And, of course, you can watch us on YouTube by subscribing to that YouTube channel, 670 The Score. Carly, have a great rest of your week. We'll talk after a uh, official Cubs spring training game is in the books. Absolutely. We're going to have a weekend of games to talk about. I cannot wait. Stick here. Tell your friends to follow the Fly the W podcast. Go Cubs! It's all over. 